Well, if you've got your Bibles this morning, let's open those up to Psalms 13. Psalms 13, and we'll be there in just a few minutes. I just wanted to do the traditional opening remarks and all of that kind of thing that I'm supposed to do. Not really, but I'm going to do those anyway. I just want to say thank you to this church for doing me a favor and bringing the little family back to Texas because it's been a long time. And uh, I am glad that they are now living only an hour and a half away from me because a thousand miles was too far and didn't get to see them often enough. And so it's good to have them back. And I wanted to commend you on your selection of uh, your senior pastor and family. Um, You have chosen wisely, Grasshopper, and you will continue to see that over the next couple of years and decades, Lord willing, that... um, Chris is a godly man and a great family to support him, and uh, you will continue to see the fruit of that in the coming days, and uh, I'm just glad that um, all of this in God's timing and God's sovereignty has come together in the way that it has um, for me to be here this morning with you and open up God's Word to you and just to have the opportunity to get to work with them again and see them and and to get to meet all of you. It's just uh, God is good, and I'm thankful for that. We're going to jump into Psalms 13 this morning. Now, uh, just in case you were not clear on this, uh, the Cowboys do not play the noon game. They have the later game today, so we're not in a hurry. Yes, yes. I I know how it is in the fall. I've been doing this a long time. they have the late game today, so I was looking at the, the order of service and it mentioned something about the message being 25 minutes. <laughs> All right, let's look at Psalms 13. I, I know many of you wanted to be encouraged and uplifted this morning in church and um, you're really looking for um, the Lord to speak to you and encourage you today. And uh, without any further introduction to that. Let's look at Psalms 13 together, at least the first four verses. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. Isn't that great? Isn't that so uplifting? Weren't you looking forward all morning to come to church to hear that? Oh. But it's so good to read something like that out of God's Word. And I just want to unpack with you this morning why that is. And look at this a little bit more carefully. This entire Psalm, Psalm 13, it doesn't sound like it's incredibly encouraging, but it is. It doesn't sound like it's good But it really is. But I want to make a few observations here from the text before we really get further into it. And I think anybody could make these observations. But just so by way of review, 
David is writing this, and it, whatever it is, it's an extremely difficult situation. We know it's an extremely difficult situation the way he describes it. And in his words, evidently, whatever it is, it's been going on for way too long. I don't know about you, but I've walked through things in my life that, yes, they were extremely difficult, but if they had been for a short time, it would have been okay. My issue was not so much that how difficult the situation was. It was, God, is this ever going to come to an end? And Sometimes it does, and sometimes there are things that we just live with. But then the third thing that I look at this and I see this, one of the things that David addresses is evidently there are people around him as he's walking through this situation and those people as people have a tendency to do they make it even worse maybe they offer advice maybe they even say oh i i told you so maybe they try to tell david what he should do in the situation or maybe they're just there to gloat Maybe they're just there to enjoy the fact that he's going through something difficult because they have nothing but ill will toward him and they're going to enjoy the fact that he's walking through a hard time. Know anybody like that? But this is why this is still, all of that said, this is really good news. This is really encouraging for us this morning to read this. When we, when we hear him just start out into this song, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? First of all, this is why this is good. At least we can take encouragement and comfort from this. When we read a psalm like this, Thank you, God, that somebody else has felt the way that I do. Thank you, God, that somebody has felt this way. It's not just me. C.S. Lewis once talked about friendship in these terms. You know when you found a true friend? It's the moment when there's some kind of conversation taking place and in your mind you say or they say, Oh, really? You too? It's not just me? That's when an authentic friendship begins to form, is when we can connect, when we can relate to somebody, and we find out that there's somebody else on the planet who can relate to us or relate to what we're going through. And let's just go a little bit deeper and a little bit heavier this morning, because some of you, you we know how to do this because we've been doing this for a long time. You're really good at putting on the church face and the church smile and it might be real but sometimes it's fake because we come on Sunday morning and we do church together and this person says how are you doing well I'm doing fine how are you doing I'm doing fine how are you really doing fine because we come and we pretend that we're doing fine and we put on our church face and, and we get all made up and pretty and all that kind of thing. But in reality, our life is a wreck. Our life is in shambles or there are just some really difficult circumstances that we're walking through right now. Maybe things that we wouldn't even want to discuss at church. 
And maybe that's part of the problem. Because I love David's honesty here just to write a song to say, How long, O Lord, are you going to forget me forever? And I wonder if somebody didn't want to come along and say, Now, David, come on, God hasn't forgotten about you. We understand that, but sometimes it can seem like it, right? And yes, we know how to dress up and we know how to come to church and put on our church happy face. But sometimes the reality is there's stuff going on in our lives and stuff going down, going on deep down in our hearts. It's very difficult. And we have the exact same question that David does. God, how long is this going to go on? I feel like you've forgotten about me. When is this going to change? And one of the things that the enemy loves to do to us in those situations when we're discouraged, when we're frustrated, is to make us feel like we're the only one. To make us feel like, well, nobody else would understand our situation. Nobody else could relate to that. And it's just you. And you're the problem. And so we feel so alone and so isolated. And I don't even know where to go. I I don't even know how to talk about that. I don't even know how to describe that. And that's why this psalm is so good and so encouraging. Because somebody else has felt that way. Somebody else can identify exactly what we're talking about. And it's really okay. And I just want to say this to you this morning. You were not the first one to have struggles, to have doubts, to have frustrations. Yes, with God. And it's okay. Second part that I see in this, though, is not only is it okay to have that, to struggle with things, to wrestle with things. Evidently, if it's in the Bible, it's okay to express that both to God but also to one another. First of all, to God. Sometimes the songs that we sing, the, the, the words just connect with our hearts. And that's exactly what we would say to God. But sometimes we come in and, and what's on the screen or the songs that are being sung or the songs that are in the hymnal, whatever it is, we just kind of think, you know, I'm not really sure that's what I would honestly say to God this morning. My song would sound a whole lot different than what, than what we sang. But what's interesting is this particular type of song, psalm in the Bible is called a psalm of lament. And now imagine this for just a moment. They actually used to sing these. Wouldn't you love one Sunday, sometime, somewhere, conference or retreat or church service to come and sing a song like this? Can you imagine the words on the screen or in the book saying, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long are you going to hide your face from me? I've sung a lot of worship songs over the years. I've sung a lot of hymns over the years. There are not very many that express that sentiment. And I just simply ask the question, what is it that we're afraid of about being honest? 
they would sing these songs. This was public corporate worship and they would come together and sing a song of lament like this to God. Is that worship? Yes. And here's why. Because first of all, we're expressing the truth of our heart to God and we're saying it to God and in saying that to God, we are acknowledging that God is God. We might be complaining, we might be lamenting, we might be frustrated, but we're still pouring out our heart to God because He is God. And consider something. Those of us who like to make it seem on the outside one way, but it's really a different way on the inside. God already knows how you feel. God already knows how you feel about Him in your frustration, in your struggle. There's nothing that you're going to say that's going to take Him by surprise. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And God doesn't ever say back to us, Wow, that's funny. I had no idea you were feeling that way. It's not going to shock him. It's not going to take him by surprise. Oh, oh, you want to be honest now? Well, then let's talk. Let's discuss this. These were psalms of lament, and they were actually sung publicly in corporate worship. It's okay to express those things to God, but what about expressing those things to one another? I remember back in my college days, I was a little frustrated in that season of life. I learned later there would be lots of other seasons of life in which I would be frustrated. But that particular one, I was frustrated and I was frustrated with God because things were God was not getting on board with my agenda. God was not cooperating at all and I had plans and I had a direction and He just was not cooperating with me. And I made the mistake of expressing that out loud in a group of people. But you know what was so funny about that whole situation is you could tell. It was like a a, a dividing line as clear as this center aisle was drawn in the room. And this side of the room knew exactly what I was walking through. They could relate and they had experienced the same way, the same thing. And then the other side of the room, <gasps> shock and outrage. And, and uh, 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 we, 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 have to, we have to say something. We have to come, and come to God's defense. And, and, oh, no, you can't say that about God. And, no, God would never do that. And never walk through anything, have you? It was just so clear. Those that needed to defend God and those who had walked through something like that. And the funny thing was, those who had experienced that, it was just an understanding nod. Nobody from this side came to try to fix me afterwards, but a lot of people from this side, they had, they had to come and fix me because I expressed that frustration with God. Is it okay for us to have some people in our lives and maybe in our own church with whom we can share our struggles and with whom we can be perfectly honest about where we are. You know, you know when you have found a true friend, 
I have a couple of people in my life like this. And then a lot of other more acquaintance type people. You know when you found a true friend, that friend is the one that you can sit down across the table over coffee, over lunch, and you can just say exactly how you're feeling. You can say exactly how, what's going on. And you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to try to justify anything. It's just, I understand. I get it. And you don't have to try to uphold your reputation. You can just be real and you can just be honest. And they get it and they understand. Nothing is more lonely than being in a, in a great big room full of people and you feel like nobody can relate to you and you can relate to no one there. Lonely is not being by yourself. Lonely is being in a crowd of people and you have no relation. They're, they're, they can't relate to you. You can't relate to them. And I've wondered over the years in, in churches all over the place, How many people have we run off? How many people who struggled with their situation or struggled with their doubts didn't find the church to be a very welcoming place for that? Found a lot of people who wanted to correct them. Found a lot of people who wanted to fix them. But didn't find a lot of people who wanted to love them right in the middle of their situation. Had found a lot of people who could give great advice. Didn't find a lot of people who just wanted to put their arm around them and say, I love you and I'm here for you. Let me know if there's anything that you need. But I, I know I don't understand what you're walking through. I, I know that you, you're the only one who knows what it is to walk in your shoes. And I wonder how many people at some point or another in their, in their struggle, in their faith, in their walk, finally said, you know, I, I'm kind of done with church here because I can't relate to those people and they can't relate to me and I can't be honest about where I am. Nobody's saying that, that God's in the wrong. Nobody's saying that God has done, done evil to us or something like that. It's just, is this a place where we can be honest about where we really are? And I'm really struggling with this. And, I, and I'm really having trouble trusting God in this area. Okay. We hear you. We feel you. Anything we can do to help. It's just that simple but apparently, if it's, this, if it's in the Word like that, it's okay for us to express that to God. And it's okay for us to express that to one another. It's really alright. But the third thing that I see in this is apparently, we just need to understand and accept that this is part of the experience. That we are going to walk through times like this And we're not going to like it. We're not going to understand it. Yes, we're going to be frustrated by it, but it's not unusual. It's not some kind of aberration. We're not the only one that this has been a part of their journey. This is going to happen. This is a real thing that we're all going to have to walk through if we're going to get closer to Jesus. This is just part of the deal. And the sooner we understand that, the sooner we accept that and even embrace that, 
It's not going to make everything easy. But it's going to make some things easier. Because the first thing that we do when something goes wrong, when something's taking too long, when God is frustrating us, is we get that look of panic on our face. What? I had no idea this was going to happen to me. God, what are you doing? And it, no, it, it's part of the deal. This is what we signed up for when we, when we follow Jesus. He never said it was going to be easy. He didn't say it was all going to be pleasant and enjoyable. It's a hard road. That's the road that He walked. And if we're following Him, the journey's going to be hard for us too. And this is where we get to the end of the story. The end of the psalm. Let's look at verses 5 and 6 together. After David says all of that, after David pours out his heart before God and, and the whole thing of God, God, how long are you going to forget me? How long are you going to let this go on? How long are you going to let my enemies rejoice over me? We come to verse 5 and verse 6. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because He has dealt bountifully with me. Don't you love that? Isn't that good to, to hear that this morning? That He starts with, How long, O Lord, are you going to let this go on? Will you forget me forever? And He ends with, God has dealt bountifully with me. Please understand this this morning, that, that when we're walking through a difficult circumstance, typically our first goal, our, the only thing that we want is we want it to be over. We, we want to know that we're going to get through it. We want to know that we're going to get to the other side. And that is not God's ultimate goal. God's ultimate goal is to bring us to a place where we can agree where, where what is being reflected in verses 5 and 6 is the same thing that's being reflected in our hearts. And I see four things there. I have trusted in your steadfast love. There's trust. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. You can have joy in the middle of what you're walking through when you, when you choose to focus on Him. I will sing to the Lord. That's praise. And then finally, because He has dealt bountifully with me, it's a heart of gratitude. It's a heart of thankfulness. Not once you get out of your circumstances, but right in the middle of your circumstances. The Bible says, This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And let me tell you something. If all of us are waiting for the days to get better, for the days to get easier, for the circumstances to change, for us to finally find a day where we can say, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. That day's never going to come. The only day that we have to rejoice in the Lord is the one that God gave us because the past is over and the future is not here yet and it's not a guarantee that it's going to be. So the day that we have to rejoice in the Lord is today. And the only issue remaining is, are we going to choose to do that or not? Are we going to choose to just wait of God? Would you hurry up and fix my circumstances? Would you hurry up and fix my spouse? Would you hurry up and fix my kids? Would you hurry up and fix my boss? This is the day. 
the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Many of you can relate to this. Not all, but I think you can get the point. Remember with your kids? They'd get mad. They'd complain about something. The world was coming to an end because whatever the the crisis of the day was, the world was coming to an end. And There was never any question in your heart, in your mind, that you were going to take care of them, that you were going to provide for them, that you as a parent, you were going to do whatever you needed to do to make sure that your kids were taken care of. There was no doubt in your mind. Now the kids, oh, it's a crisis. It's a big deal. They're screaming. They're mad. They're crying. But you know. You're going to take care of them. You're you're going to do whatever it takes for them to have what they need. But it was an opportunity for them to learn something. It was an opportunity for them to develop. It was an opportunity for them to mature. No doubt in your mind, I'm going to take care of you. But here's a chance for them to learn. Here's a chance for them to develop. How infinitely much more our Heavenly Father, who is keenly aware of our situation, who who is deeply aware of how we hurt, and maybe His attitude toward us in that is, hey, hey, I've got this. I have no intention of not taking care of you. I have no intention of not providing for you. But I need you to learn. I need you to develop. I need you to see me in new ways in the situation that you're walking in right now. Because all God has ever done is been faithful to His children. His track record is perfect. He he has never failed to come through. He has never failed to provide. He has never failed to take care of His children. It might be different than what we thought. It might be different than what we expected. But every single time, in every single case, God has come through. And His track record of absolute perfection is not going to come to an end with you. You're not going to break the streak. God's not going to be perfect in His faithfulness all along and then suddenly your life and, oh, sorry, the streak's over. I'll have to start over again with somebody else. You're going to see His faithfulness. You're going to see His goodness. But what God is calling for us is in the middle of all of that, Is there going to be trust? Is there going to be rejoicing? Is there going to be praise? Is there going to be thanksgiving? Because more than God bringing us out of our circumstances is God developing us through our circumstances. How sad it is for people who don't know the Lord. Because ultimately, their good times ultimately matter for nothing and their bad times are wasted. 
for those of us who know the Lord, our hard times, our bad times are redeemed and God doesn't waste any of them. He uses them powerfully in our lives to develop us, to teach us, to train us. And so nothing we walk through on the road, to, on the road of obedience, nothing we walk through is wasted. And then our good times, it's just a taste. It's just a preview. It's just a small sampling. It's like going to Sam's when they have that one little tiny dice-sized cube of cheesecake cut out for you to sample. You know, that tastes pretty good, I think. But maybe if I take a few more, I'll really be able to know how this really is. The blessings in our lives. It's very much like that. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? We have felt that way. But we're never forsaken. We never walk this alone. And there is not a single circumstance in our life that God is not going to redeem and God is not going to use for our good and for His glory. Let's pray together. God, thank You so much this morning for Your Word. And I pray that it would encourage our hearts. Thank You that there was a guy like King David a long time ago that could relate to being frustrated with life, to being frustrated even with You. And I thank You that You can handle that. That You are not so insecure in Your role as creator and sustainer of the universe that you're not threatened by our doubts and not threatened by our struggles. Pray for my brothers and sisters this morning that their hearts would take courage. Middle of circumstances maybe that that many other people know about or maybe that no one knows about. I pray that you would encourage and comfort their hearts. God, this week I pray that you would just cause them to have some very honest conversations with you and maybe some very honest conversations with a Christian friend. God, we want more of you in our lives. We, we want to be able to trust you in the middle of our circumstances. And I pray that you would just bestow that gift, that you would grant that gift to us this morning. God, we love you. We want to be found faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.